welcome to WrestleFest. This is the WrestleFest Extended Edition. This one has a few extra podcasters on here um, that didn't meet the deadline for the last one. So we gave them a little bit of time. We're going to come back one more time and hear from some podcasters what they feel about uh, wrestlers and some other special people that come along for the ride. I want to thank you once again for listening. And this is WrestleFest Extended Edition. What's going on, people? It's your boy, King Germ, a.k.a. the People's Champion, a.k.a. the most electrifying motherfucker in podcasting today, here sitting down with my man, JR, of West Virginia Uncommon Place, giving you my top 10 wrestlers of all time. Now, when I give you my top 10, I'm not going to do them in a numerical order. I'm going to give you my top 10 wrestlers, and I'm going to tell you why they're my top 10 wrestlers. So let's go ahead and get into this list right now. First on the list, not number one, but just first on the list, we got Sting. Sting was my guy. And I'm talking about California surfer Sting. Sting with the colorful paint. Sting that could jump across the ring when he did the little the, uh, the stinger splash. The scorpion death lock. You know what it is. Oh, Sting in the building, man. Sting got to be in your top 10 because Sting was the man. He was actually like one of the first wrestlers who I actually, one of the first times I got to sit like um, ringside at a match. And actually, he hit my hand and I was so excited. I probably was in my third or fourth grade then. So shout out to Sting. He's one of my favorite top 10 wrestlers. Uh, number two on the list, not number two, but just my second on the list. We got Big Van Vader. Now listen, Big Van Vader is one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. First thing about Big Van Vader, he's from Compton, California. Second thing about Big Van Vader, he wore a do-rag for no fucking reason. Third thing about Big Big Van Vader, he was a big man that could move. He was a fucking champion across in Japan. He came here and dominated Big Van Vader. You gotta have him on your list. Rest in peace to Big Van Vader. Next up, can't have a list without the nature boy Rick fucking Flair I mean come on man there's nothing you need to say about Rick Flair he was the man that everybody wanted to be with and every girl wanted to sleep with he had the best quotables he had the best interviews he had the style the first time I saw him I mean I saw his hair it looked like white flames man you gotta love Rick Flair you can't have a top 10 without the nature boy Woo! on the list next up we got Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. Now, I know a lot of people like, man, you got Shawn Michaels on your list. Yes, I got Shawn Michaels on my list. Why? Because Shawn Michaels was the man. I mean, not only was he one of the great performers in wrestling, he just had that little aura about him. And he was just like the perfect, like, heel, good guy, bad guy. And Shawn Michaels was the man. And that sweet chant music, one of the best moves in wrestling. Next up. We got Triple H. You can't have Shawn Michaels without Triple H. Now, Triple H, the fucking game, he's on my list because of what he, the matches he put on, the sledgehammer. I mean, Triple H was one of the great performers. Him and Shawn Michaels being uh, DX was fucking amazing, uh, was dope. I, I love Triple H. Nothing, I mean, now he's still in the business. I think he's still re- helping run the company and all that stuff. He married the fucking boss's daughter, dog. How, how greater can you get than that, man? Triple H is on my list. 
Next up, man, we got the American Dream, Dusty fucking Rose. You you know I was gonna have Dusty on the list, man. Dusty was like that job talking, that white dude that hung around with the black boys. He had soul shit. He even had a black manager. His name was Sapphire. Come on, man, you gotta have Big Dust on the ring, the bionic elbow, old Virgil Runnels. Now, now him having Gold Dust kind of you know, well actually Gold Dust being Gold Dust made me like uh, Dusty Dustin Rose better. But Gold Dust was a weirdo character. You know what I'm saying? Definitely ahead of his time. But shout out to Big Dust for having Dust in and making gold dust. But yeah, Dusty Rose is definitely on my list. The American Dream. He was that motherfucker. Next up on the list, we got Magnum TA. Now, a lot of y'all might not know who Magnum TA is. Magnum TA career got uh, cut short after a car accident where he was paralyzed from the, uh, the waist down. But when he was wrestling, Magnum TA was a bad boy. Now, I, I was a Mag- that was my first favorite wrestler was Magnum TA. So when he got hurt, I really knew the Four Horsemen had did it. And it was kind of like a career cut too short because he had just won like the TV championship or the U.S. championship. And he used to feud with Nikita Koloff and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, he was a great dude, man. So shout out to Magnum TA, man. Next up, we got Randy Macho Man Savage. See, you can't have a top 10 list without the Macho Man. You know, he was more than selling Slim Jims. He was one of the most dope wrestlers that didn't get their fair shake because they was too real for the game. And it was also rumored that he was fucking Stephanie McMahon. So listen. You can't have a top 10 without the Macho Man because he was just that dope. Like when him and uh, Hulk Hogan came together to form the superpowers, it was like two worlds collided. But, you know, when the Macho King and later on he finally got the belt, man, it was good to see Macho Man finally get his due. But he didn't really get his due. So you got to have Macho Man on the list. Dig it. Next up, man, we got the most electrifying. You got to have the Rock. The Rock was like fucking Ric Flair reincarnated but just a black version and a white acceptable version of that guy The Rock was he he came back in a time where I wasn't watching wrestling when The Rock came Rock and Stone Cold the Attitude Era came out that's when I got back into wrestling because those guys made me they made wrestling cool again and so shout out to The Rock I mean there's nowhere my favorite Rock actually is the corporate Rock not just the people's champion I like the corporate Rock the best that's when he used to come out there in the expensive shirts and you know he was an asshole and everything and The Rock was been the champion at least seven eight 12 times who knows but the rock definitely is on my top 10 list and last but not least a controversial figure gotta have hulk hogan i don't give a fuck say what you want argue with your mama hulk hogan is a part of americana he's a he's an icon in the wrestling game i don't give a fuck what he did later on in his career when i was younger you couldn't tell me shit about hulk hogan i had the vitamins i had the hulk hogan uh the uh, the weight set and everything that came with the headband and the little weights and the tape and the, the little squeezy thing see they don't give kids shit like that no more we wouldn't have all these weak ass kids out here if we had the hulkamania sets like we had when we were younger you you know, we had the little gripper used to grip and it was it was real tight. So you had to work on it, you know, finally get it close. You got to break it in all that good stuff. Yes. Hulk Hogan is on my list, you know, just for what he did. The, the structure he laid at hell. He made it so Nick, uh, everybody will watch wrestling. So you got to have a Hulk Hogan on your list. I don't care how much of a controversial figure he is. Hulk Hogan is on my list. So 
Those were my top 10 wrestlers in no numerical order, just my top 10 and a little bit why I like those guys. I hope y'all enjoyed. Uh, I'm, I can't wait to see what the other guys got on their list because I like seeing who like what in wrestling, man. Wrestling is, a, you know, I mean, it was a great sport when we were kids. I mean, it's too PC now that we're some of the stuff that we got away with watching wrestling would never fly today. So, hope y'all enjoyed my list. Don't forget, it's your boy King Germ, aka the Duke of Dignity. A.K.A. Bill Goldberg in the bedroom A.K.A. Hacksaw Jim Thuggin And I'm sitting here with JR from WV Commonplace, And I'm out Peace Hi, this is Jared from Rage You Nerds, and here are my top 10 best wrestlers of all time. Now, how did I pick this top 10? Because there are so many ways to go about it, so I'm going to quickly explain my selection process. First, I took 50 wrestlers' names and used a grading system for all of them. They were graded on everything from physical strength to their ability to cut a good promo. The ones with the top 10 point totals made the list. In the event of a tiebreaker, I went with a total win-loss percentage. No doubt, though, at the end of the day, this list will still probably make some of you mad. So, Let's get to it. Number 10. Starting off our list tonight at number 10 is Edge. The rated R superstar makes the list only by one point, but let's give Edge his due because he is the only one on this list that did a lot in his career, mainly in big tag matches, with his real-life best friend Christian. Edge brought a lot of energy to the ring, and it was backed up by his physical abilities as well. He makes the list mainly because he is the most decorated superstar of all time, having won more total championships than anyone else. And while that certainly would be enough to be number one in most people's books. Alas, the grading scale says otherwise. Number nine. Coming in at number nine, we have Triple H. Triple H comes in low on this list not because he was a bad wrestler, but he wasn't the greatest. He was great at cutting a promo and great at telling stories, and while he had some great matches, he just didn't have enough points on the category that mattered most on this list. Wrestling. Prior to his transformation to Triple H, pompous, arrogant Hunter Hearst Helmsley had that wrestling ability. However, had DX not emerged, who knows what would have happened. Nevertheless, he did earn a spot on the list. Number eight. The Undertaker's long-lost brother, Kane who was burned and scarred, otherwise known as Glenn Jacobs, current mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, because in Tennessee, even counties can have mayors. Kane's a big guy, and he makes the list mainly because of his, wealth, bigness. He wasn't the strongest wrestler, but he was always a fan favorite, even when he was a heel, and he had big matches with big moves. This earned him a spot on the list. Number seven. At number seven, we got The Rock. I really believe had it not been for a surgery early in his career, he may not have been the person we know today. He's a hard worker for sure, but before an injury in the late 90s, fans were chanting, die, Rocky, die at him, which led him to ultimately join the Nation of Domination and what really kickstarted his career as the arrogant, trash-talking type. The heel that was never the heel. And for a big guy, he wasn't all power moves. He could legit wrestle. He was good at taking a fall, and even when he was a heel, he just played it so well. That earned him a spot on the list. Number six. At number six, we have Stone Cold Steve Austin. I feel like this is where I'm going to lose many of you. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin, the rattlesnake. Austin 316, the beer-drinking, foul-mouthed Texan that basically started the Attitude Era. This guy was never supposed to be a fan favorite. He was supposed to be the ultimate heel. Only problem was the fans loved it, which is ultimately one of the things that led to Bret Hart becoming a heel. 
Austin was just too popular to ignore. Why he comes in so low, kind of like Triple H. Once the Attitude Era started, he became less of a wrestler and more of a brawler and crap talker. And once again, we are talking about the greatest wrestler, so some of that ability has to stay. That's why he made the list. Number five. Snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage. Hey, next to Ric Flair and the Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage just had the most flash of his day in the wardrobe and intensity departments. He was always just so high-strung, but he could bring it back down and still keep that intensity, which made him sound, well, crazy. He went through a lot of storylines, and probably a lot of other lines. Hey, it was the 80s. He was the pre-Shawn Michaels, the wrestling ability with the charisma and flash, and he wasn't afraid to go off the top rope. That earns him a spot on the list. Number four, The Undertaker. There's not very many seven-footers with the agility of Mark Calloway, which is why he's number four on our list. Kind of like The Rock, a big guy with moves that could still wrestle his opponent without relying solely on power moves. Plus, even in the early days, he was always had the crowd. I don't know if he was ever truly a heel or just the wrestler that everyone was spooked by. While most superstars still got some outside-of-the-ring moments you know, keeping up kayfabe, Undertaker's persona was such a secret he was rarely seen outside of the ring or in the public out of character that is until recently when kayfabe was killed off in public number three Shawn michaels the showstopper the icon the main event the heartbreak kid there's not much one can say about Shawn michaels that isn't already known by everyone this man put on some of the best matches of all time which is largely what this list is all about high flying agility mixed with technical ability blended well with his sexy boy flamboyant behavior inside and outside the ring what sets him apart from the previous crap talkers on this list is he was still able to pull it off in the ring with actual wrestling moves and while he was absolutely a heel with Degeneration X, we were at the start of the Attitude Era, so I always felt like the fans booed because it was their job. Because I think everyone liked DX. Every fan has a match that stands out to them. One they'll never forget. A match that stands the test of time. Shawn Michaels' WWE career was full of matches like that. Ladder match at WrestleMania 10, ladder match SummerSlam 95, beating Bret Hart to win his first WWE championship in WrestleMania 12, and his continuing feud with Owen Hart, just to name a few. And that's why Shawn Michaels is number three on the list. Number two, Bret the Hitman Hart. If you asked me who to pick for number one based on no grading system or metrics and just go with my gut, and those of you who have listened to us talk wrestling on Rage You Nerds can back me up. Bret Hart is my favorite wrestler of all time, and he would be number one in my book. How he ended up at number two is almost insulting to him, and it hurts me personally to have to put him there. Bret was a good guy. He was a guy who could do almost anything in the ring that was asked of him, even becoming heel later in his WWE career. What was so great about Bret Hart also were his matches, because they were just like listening to an orchestra. Everyone had a part, even even if it wasn't planned at the time, and he just knew how to make a match work beautifully. And that's why Bret Hart is number two on this list, but number one in my heart. And the number one best wrestler of all time. Chris Jericho. 
This is a man 100% about the business. And every time he comes back, he will legit put another superstar over to help them out. He doesn't care about wins and losses. He cares about the business. And he has done it all, including win championship. He also, like me, is a professional list maker. Trained by the Hart family, nobody will doubt his technical ability, which is probably why watching the late Owen Hart is what originally got him in Stu Hart's famous dungeon. And, much like Owen, he wasn't afraid to go off the top rope, or any rope for that matter. He scores the highest on our list today because he is the total package. Agility. He's a jobber. He had the crowd. Cut a damn good promo and kept you entertained. Chris Jericho is the greatest wrestler of all time. Okay, guys, in closing, I do want to say I was as impartial with this list as I could be, and it was very hard to pick just 10 people. But again, I scored them all, and I got my top 10 without really paying attention to who they were. Then once I got them, I had to justify that, which was even harder because some of it doesn't make any sense at all. Anyway, let the hate mail commence. I'm Jared from Rage You Nerds. Over and out. What's up, everybody? I'm Rodis, the host of Rodis Live. Here's my wrestling list from least to favorite wrestler. At number 10, I got Terry Gordy. Terry Gordy is the enforcer of the Freebirds that consisted of Michael Hayes and Buddy Roberts. Terry Gordy, he went out and handled that business, you know, against the Road Warriors and other factions in wrestling during that era. Number nine, Cactus Jack. You know, he was an interesting character, but um, he was a brawler, a bruiser, but he had some technical assets in his wrestling repertoire, you know, that helped him out. But he was tough, funny. He was a character, so I like him for that, you know. Number eight, Rowdy, Roddy, Piper. You know, I liked him because um, he talked shit, he could back it up, and um, he didn't like Hulk Hogan, so that's why I like Roddy Piper. Number seven, Michael P.S. Hayes. He was like the leader of the Freebirds. He was like a, um, like a rock star and shit early on and shit, so, you know, he kept up the shit. He had a little feud going with Ric Flair for a while. And um, Michael P.S. Hayes at number seven. And number six, the Canadian, Bret Hart. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Um, he was a technical wrestler. Um, he could brawl, he could be dirty. But I liked him for his technical ability and his precision in the ring. So that's why I like Bret Hart. Number five, Arn Anderson, the enforcer of the Four Horsemen. He was a technical wrestler, a brawler. He could take one part of your body and destroy your ass with that shit, boy. So that's why Arn Anderson, number five, on my list. Number four, the late, great. Chris Benoit. He was also a member at the four of the Four Horsemen at one time. Um, a good technical wrestler, excellent moves, excellent finishing moves. So, yeah, I got Chris Benoit on my shit.
Number three, Barry Wyndham. He come from a, a lineage of wrestlers. I think Blackjack Mulligan was his dad. I really like his um, finishing move, the flying lariat. Barry Wyndham was like 6'5 and shit, you know. Uh, he a suplex show ass. He had some moves and shit. He was also a member of the Four Horsemen at one time, but, um, you know, that's why I'm rocking with Barry Wyndham. Number two, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, I always liked him. I liked his feuds with Randy Savage, but most importantly, I liked his feuds with Ric Flair. He actually beat, beat Ric Flair for the title at least three times. Yeah. And number one on my list, woo, representing the four horsemen, Rick, the nature boy, Flair, the best limousine riding, jet plane flying, styling and profiling. Yeah, I like Rick Flair, he talked that shit. Um, when they put a hit out on wrestlers, they wouldn't fuck them up. And then, like, when Ric Flair, you know, was wrestling head up, he could handle that business and back that shit up. Um, yeah, so Ric Flair, he my favorite of all time. You know, uh, that's it. I hope y'all like my list. I'm Riders of the Riders Live podcast. Peace, everybody. Good evening, motherfuckers and motherfuckers. This is Uncle Dolomite, the host of the Too Much Game podcast. These are the top 10 greatest wrestlers of all time. In my personal opinion, my humble opinion, my non-expert, not really knowing what the fuck I'm talking about, opinion. These are the motherfuckers who I feel are the greatest. Number one, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That motherfucker ran the Attitude Era. He made bad guys cool. Motherfucker had classic matches with everybody. I think he started out with a uh, Million Dollar Man. Ted DiBiase brought him out. And, you know, like he had like the blonde hair and all that shit. I think the motherfucker was called like Stunning Steve Austin. He was cooled in, but like, you know, his his thing never really stuck. You know, until he came out of Stone Cold, started whooping motherfuckers' asses, and he came out as a heel. And the motherfucker was so cold as a heel, he made everybody love him. He turned bad guys into the motherfuckers that everybody loves. So, my number one is, of course, Stone Cold fucking Steve Austin. I don't even think that's really debatable as far as the GOAT conversation. There's probably a couple that you put in there, but... You ain't going to be able to argue anybody being better than Stone Cold Steve Austin. As a matter of fact, no. Now that I think about that shit, I think there's a, a, a another strong case for that for that number one spot. You know, maybe I would call it 1A and 1B. Cut your smile. What the rock is cooking. Because my personal favorite is The Rock. On some real shit. I think I got The Rock at number two. He's my personal number one. But 
Again that fucking Attitude era I feel was the GOAT era That was like 97 to 2002 Stone Cold You know I, I feel like he was the pinnacle But The Rock was that close second I feel like The Rock is a lot of what made Stone Cold so great The motherfucker who sold the stunner Better than anybody When Stone Cold hit The Rock with that stunner The way that motherfucker flipped And you know stood on his head And some old goofy ass shit you know, the, the the rock was, you know, just energy personified. Like, motherfucker, you got hype when The Rock came out. You know, The Rock had the most quotables, the $500 fucking shirts. You know, like, calling motherfuckers jabron. I knew grown-ass men that was running around calling people jabronis. I know grown-ass men, gangsters from the hood, saying, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? It doesn't matter what your name is. Motherfuckers in the hood, grown ass hood gangbangers was quoting a wrestler in the Attitude Era. So my 1A and 1B is Stone Cold and The Rock. But I got to get Stone Cold to edge. So Stone Cold is my number one. I ain't even going to front on it. I got I got to get that shit to my nigga Stone Cold number one. 1A, 1B, The Rock. So... By definition, number two. My number three. Gotta give it to my boy, Rick motherfucking Flair. You can't really argue with this one. You know, I know a lot of people's top three will probably be different, little spots moved around, but you can't have no top list without the great motherfucking Rick Flair. And you know, y'all motherfuckers know just going off my voice. I'm speaking for the hood on this one, dog. So, y'all know, when it comes to motherfucking Ric Flair, and this goes to the legend of Ric Flair, my nigga. We gotta hit him with this. Come on, my nigga. That's how great Ric Flair was. Ric Flair got a motherfucking song with the goddamn Migos. That's how fly Ric Flair was. Ric Flair literally was one of the original inventors of swag in wrestling. You know, the wheel and deal and kiss steel and limousine riding, airplane flying. Like, come on, my nigga. He was literally like a fucking pimp in a wrestling ring. Like, we can't take that from him. The figure four leg lock. I remember, uh, again, grown ass men put motherfuckers in figure four leg locks. It's a million hip hop references to the figure four leg lock so we gotta give Ric Flair his motherfucking flowers Ric Flair one of the greatest of all time if a motherfucker want to say he was the greatest of all time of course I'm gonna argue for Stone Cold and The Rock but you can't really go against Ric Flair Ric Flair is the motherfucking man to this day Ric Flair is still fucking relevant in pop culture so you gotta give Ric Flair a shout out that's another thing that I had to give The Rock The Rock made all them movies and shit. He's still probably one of the highest paid motherfuckers in Hollywood. So that also gives him that edge over Ric Flair because he transcended wrestling. But got to get that number three spot to Ric Flair. Number four, you know, one of my favorites in the 80s when I was little, dog. You know, I got to get that shit to the motherfucking Hulkster, my nigga. This shit right here As corny as this song was 
As a kid This shit used to give me motherfucking hype This motherfucker had me really saying my prayers Eating my vitamins The great American hero Hulk Hogan my nigga I think out of this list He got the weakest Fucking finishing move The guillotine leg drop was garbage But that shit got you turned the fuck up And that speaks to the greatness of Hulk Hogan Hulk Hogan was probably the the first wrestler to get into a major movie Like I remember No Holds Barred When he was getting cracking with Zeus and shit So I gotta give fucking, you know Racist Hulk Hogan his motherfucking flowers As the number four greatest wrestler of all times You know that motherfucker wasn't Rocky you know, like he had just all type of great pop culture moments. I still remember seeing that motherfucker on um, Arsenio Hall when he had a face off with Mike Tyson. You know, like they pretended they had like a little beef. You know, like Hulk Hogan, he just was was one of them great characters in wrestling. You know, at one point, I feel like he was the greatest for a while. But, you know, he didn't stand the test of time past Ric Flair because there was a time when I felt like it was between him and Ric Flair who was the greatest. Then that attitude era hitting in, you know, a lot of names changed motherfucking hands. Because on some real shit, me personally, I thought that 80s was the greatest era of wrestling. I thought that nothing would touch the 80s. And then, dog, that attitude era, that shit was different. That shit just... It took over culture in general. I remember when the Attitude Era wrestlers, they put out a CD with all the hip-hop artists that was going over the, the wrestlers' intro songs. Like, that shit was just a legendary era, dog. Like, we really need to, like, do an episode about the Attitude Era in itself. But back to the motherfucking list. At number five, you know, I got Mr. WrestleMania. Man, when you heard this shit, this shit shook a whole fucking stadium, dog. The fucking Undertaker. Longevity. You know, presence. This motherfucker had everybody shook. Like, motherfuckers was literally scared to death of the Undertaker. I still remember my first time seeing this motherfucker in the ring. Scared the fuck out of me as a kid I remember seeing this motherfucker Put the ultimate warrior in a casket I cried I cried like a little bitch Because when I saw the ultimate warrior Go in that casket I swear to god he was dead And then Paul Bearer Standing over him Paul Bearer used to scare the shit out of me Everything about the fucking Undertaker Used to scare the shit out of me Until I got grown and I grew to love this motherfucker You know, and just the reinvention of how he went throughout his fucking career from motorcycle undertaker and, you know, then his brother Kane came out like, man, the undertaker is one of them ones, dog. You know, I got him at number five. Shout out to the motherfucking undertaker, dog. You know, I'm going to have to speed this shit up because I know I'm going long. You know, my bad to everybody else who's going to be on this episode, but. Man, y'all motherfuckers know, dog. I had to get mine in. So number six, you know, the fucking ultimate warrior. That motherfucker run into that ring, 
That motherfucker make your ass want to jump out a fucking window. This motherfucker was the hypest wrestler of all times. Steroids and cocaine. He's he, That's him. Every time I think of steroids and cocaine, I think of the fucking Ultimate Warrior. Because that's literally what he was. He was the personification of the steroid and cocaine era. That motherfucker shaked them ropes, and he go in there and beat somebody motherfucking ass. So, you know, I got him as my motherfucking number six. And like I said, I'm going to go ahead and start blowing through these motherfuckers because, you know, I don't want to take up nobody else's time. So fucking at number seven, you know, which... Now, when we starting to get, you know, down here, a lot of these takes going to get a little more possibly controversial because, you know, everybody got their own fucking opinions and shit. My number seven. Triple H, my nigga. You know, like Triple H. I remember when he came out as Hunter Hearst Helmsley and he was corny as a motherfucker. Everybody hated him just because he was like that. You know, the, the, the long, blonde-haired, handsome white guy and shit. Cocky as a motherfucker. Like, he, he was just the, you know, that, that high school quarterback that nobody liked. You know, but then the motherfucker came with, you know, D-Generation X. And he kind of became, like, the motherfucker who you was rooting for. Because everybody fucked with DX. Again, that attitude era was one of those where... A lot of motherfuckers was just loving the bad guys. Like, the worse you was, the more we loved you. So, shout out to him, D-Generation X. You know, tech, his technical skill was through the fucking roof. The pedigree is one of my favorite fucking finishing moves. That shit dope as a motherfucker. So, I got to get that number seven spot to motherfucking Triple H, dog. Number eight, you know. And it's funny because, you know, with, with the, the number eight spot, a guy who said the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Bret Hart, the motherfucking Hart Foundation. You got to get that shit to Bret Hart, dog. The motherfucking sharpshooter. He was whooping everybody's ass in the motherfucking 80s. I kind of feel like he was like that bridge from the Hulk Hogan era into the Attitude era. You know. Rest in peace to Owen Hart, you know. He went out fucked up, but y'all motherfuckers got to get that shit to Bret Hart, dog. You know, Bret Hart was a motherfucking beast. He looked cool. He was the only motherfucker who I feel could have wore pink, and motherfuckers didn't laugh at him about that shit, dog. Like, that motherfucker made black and pink look cool. For some reason, he had motherfuckers thinking pink was cool. He, he, did, he did pink before Cameron. So shout out to motherfucking Bret Hart, dog. You know, my number nine, and this is after my time, but I can't, I can't discount the impact of this dude. You know, shout out to John Cena, dude. Personally, I don't like the cultural appropriation, appropriation and shit. You know, but that you can't see me, the little dancey dude, that shit he stole from Tony Yayo. You know that shit cool My nigga like You know he He was cool for For the kids He was cool for the era What's that What they call it Like the PG era You know the The, the squeaky clean wrestling Cause They was acting a fool In the attitude era Our era of wrestling That shit was some shit But as far as The PG era Come on man Everybody love Motherfucking John Cena So 
Shout out to John Cena for running the PG era. But keeping that shit short and sweet, rounding it out. This one, you know, this this 10 spot, I think this was like the hardest one because it was so many people I could have put into that shit. But I think I had to take that shit to the WCW because I didn't really hit that many people in the WCW. But to me personally, greatest WCW wrestler of all time, Sting, my nigga. Sting carried the WCW while the WWF was dominating. Shit, if I'm not mistaken, Sting was probably the only motherfucker who I knew from the WCW at that time. You know, and shout out to Booker T, Big Papa Pump, you know, the Steiners, all these motherfuckers who was dope in the WCW. You know, like I said, it's a lot of motherfuckers I know for a fact I miss. Shout out to Mick Foley, uh, you know, Sabu. Taz, it's a lot of wrestlers that I know I miss, but that was my list. And I'm done with the shit. I ain't here to help you get bitches. I'm here to help you get better. Y'all motherfuckers check out the Too Much Game podcast on all streaming platforms, YouTube as well. Hey, it's Walt with One Fall Wrestlecast. Today, we've been asked... To reveal our personal top 10 choices of the greatest wrestlers of all time, in our opinions. Um, and we are really, really super excited to do so. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. If you don't know, um, first I'm going to introduce Tom. Uh, Tom's kind of our guy that, that you know, does the talking, right? Um, Tom, go ahead and say hi. Say everybody knows your voice. Hi, everybody. You're going to hear my voice a lot. Yeah, sweet. All right, Derek is uh, kind of our little comedic relief. All right, um, you know he he's he's got shit takes according to Tom. So there's that. But and uh, I kind of have to, uh, Derek. Go ahead, say hi. Yeah, hey guys. Uh, yeah. I brought my shit takes with my my shit list. So I'm awesome. Very ready awesome. for all this. And then uh, <laughs> I get the I get the unique pleasure and responsibility. My name's Walt, by the way, to uh, kind of navigate and referee this shit show so um with all that being said we're gonna hit our 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 top 10 here and uh let's go number 10 i can start huh send tom yeah Yeah. number 10 i'm going from sort of newest to oldest well new to old wrestlers uh number 10 i have becky lynch why does becky lynch number 10 because she's the man I don't think that I need to elaborate much. Nah, on. man. Listen, you want to talk about about somebody getting over so organically? It's Becky Lynch. Absolutely great pick, Tom. Number ten, Becky Lynch. Derek, Derek. there's like no way that this pick is not on Walt's list as well. So it'll be interesting to see where that is. She did not make mine though. Uh, at number ten, I have Kevin Owens coming in number ten. Kevin uh, Owens. Listen, that's a good pick. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually okay with that. That's a good number uh, ten. I'm I like actually it. okay with that. Um, you can't number ten's attitude about uh, body types, you know, in the recent yeah, wrestling yeah, realm. No. So, hey, I, I feel, I, I feel that. I, I appreciate Kevin Owens and his body. Tom, you're the perfect model for. A- yeah, I really. Yeah. Not, 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 not really. Coming in at number ten for me, I also have Becky Lynch. Um, nice. Hey, you can't have. <laughs> A strong women's division without 
the man, Becky Lynch. Um, like I said, that's got to be one of the most organic things to ever get over. Um, I, I need a poster of that moment, just standing up there, just, uh, you know, Blood all over her face. I, I need a poster of that. All right. Number nine. My number nine, and we're going to stick with new and we're going to stick with the women's division. We are going Bailey. Bailey has never not been a solid stalwart carrier of the women's division no throughout everything on the other one throughout no. the pandemic. She was like, it's cool. I got this. Put the entire division on her shoulders and not only walked with it, not only just carried it. She sprinted with it. Got a new character. Character was amazing. Ding dong. Oh. Hello. And that's not even to like i missed your make, camp bailey that's not even to make light make light of the hugger bailey which was also incredibly over no it was great anyway fucking terrible give it was awesome so but i would argue that she got that over tom is 100 she she got that over love she bailey organically got that over and now bailey is the role model that we all deserve uh bailey makes my list easily and this list is not in any sp- particular order other than like I'm going to go new wrestlers to kind of older wrestlers. Yeah, my top um, three are, are, are really where it's at. Everybody else is kind of interchangeable. Derek, number nine. All right, this might be a little controversial with the recent events, but uh, we're going on pure wrestling ability here and what I enjoyed over the years. So go and see him punk at number nine. Oh, he made the list. Okay. I'm not going to say. I liked his uh, I, I liked his in flames intro better. If I'm oh. if I'm being fair, not that I not that I don't like uh, Living Color uh, a lot a lot, but uh, that in flames yeah. song was fire. I, I much yeah. prefer Kill Switch yeah. over yeah. Living. Yeah, yeah, uh, Kill yeah. Switch. My bad. Not not yeah. the the Kill Switch one, not the in flames one. Regardless, April, grab Walt number nine for me. <laughs> Coming in at number nine for me is Ray Mysterio Jr. Good pick. Um, I like that you added the junior. Fantastic, right? Like, you can't have the Monday Night Wars without the cruiserweights in WCW, and that's spearheaded by Ray Mysterio Jr., who carried that over into a fantastic, legendary WWE career that we're still enjoying today. So, Ray Mysterio is number nine for me. Tom, what you got at eight, bud? Number eight. I have the man, the myth, the legend, Sweet Tooth himself, Mr. Samoa Joe. Uh, I don't Joe, know. Th- Joe, 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 Joe. I, I don't know. Somewhere. I don't know that anybody recently has gotten me as hype uh, as Samoa Joe has. I don't know that I like to listen to anybody cut other people down as much as I like to listen to some MJF is close, but good God, do I, I love when Samoa Joe just seems mad at somebody and is just about to be mean to them on a microphone. It's my favorite thing ever. ever. And then what's even better after that is when he beats their ass in the ring and does all of his Samoa Joe stuff. <laughs> Like when they climb and try to do a backflip off turnbuckle to hit him, and he just casually walks out of the way and flips him the bird. I, I couldn't love Samoa Joe more. So Samoa Joe makes my list at number eight because he's what? the man. Uh, uh, not again. Not surprising that the, this shouldn't be surprised. You should not be surprised. Derek, number eight. Ah, <laughs> oh, this was tough, honestly, because um, there's there's some guys I, I feel like dropped from the list that. So I had that boo written down, but Eddie Guerrero is what's sticking out to me right now. Mm-hmm. I got to move around a little bit. So I'm actually kind yeah. of kind of shocked that you went with 
with, with Eddie as opposed to going with Sabu because like you know that's kind of your your realm that you live in as a wrestling fan right like it is it is you know i mean I'm, I'm not, not that there's that anything wrong with eddie it, and, and the, the latino heat you know you i mean the credit where it's due i mean eddie god he was so good he was, eddie was so good eddie was like still eddie was so good it was like today yeah we didn't realize how good eddie was until after he was gone and everybody was still doing his shticks yep. and we were like right eddie was so good we what a lot we, it was still doing his chicks. Oh, and every and every time they do it, we're like, oh my god! And Speaking of stick, well, let's talk about my number eight. Let's talk about the visionary. Oh, 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 Seth Rollins is number eight on my list. Um, you know, listen, I love Seth Rollins, and and he he deserves to be on my top ten list, and maybe he deserves to be a little bit higher. But man, the, the the body of work that I'm looking at on my piece of paper uh, kind of makes Rollins have to be this low on my on my list here. So uh, we'll be interested to see where the rest of this goes. Tom, who you got at number seven, bud? At number seven, I have uh, Mr. Finn Balor. Uh, I the the demon gimmick I love. Uh, I actually went back. I probably could have done this episode without you. Probably. I went back on your picks. You probably could have. I went back actually and watched a lot of uh, the Prince Devitt stuff in New Japan after I became a Finn Balor fan. I was like, holy shit, this guy is a fucking genius. Hey, how great's that documentary, though, about him and the Bullet Club? Amazing. It's amazing. Uh, but anyway, Finn Balor, the man's 42 years old, hasn't lost a step in 20 years and continues to put up banger after banger after banger. I think I say it all the time. If Finn Balor's on the card, that's going to be probably the best match of the night, if not the second, if first or second best match of the night. Every time uh, the man is is just uh, his execution is is unmatched. So Finn Balor, love the man. All right, Finn Balor. Derek, who's your number seven, bubba? All right, so speaking of Finn Balor, since we just saw them on the pay-per-view oh, this weekend, great, great lead-in for me, Tom. Thank you. What is, what is wrong with AJ Styles at number seven? Why, why are we going? Nothing. Nothing, nothing at all, bud. Wow, nothing. Best eating nothing wrong with AJ. <laughs> you know, it, it, what's funny about AJ Styles being number seven on your list is the fact that you've never seen the Samoa Joe feud. I mean, and you just want to continue to just try to fucking bury Joe every single time that we gush over him. Because like he's not being the like single most important feud in his entire career with a man that you just put in your top ten. Moving on to number seven for me, I've got Triple H. The cerebral assassin, the game. Um, again, body work speaks for itself, man. And now he is leading us into the new generation of WWE and the the new regime, the new era. Um, the dude is a brilliant in ring performer, and that's really starting to translate, I think, on our television screens every week. And I'm really excited to see where this journey continues to go. So, Triple H, number seven on my list. Moving on, Tom, number six. Number six, I got Seth freaking Rollins. That, you already put him over. I did. Seth put freaking Rollins. It's I. You, you just can't look at what he's done and be like, oh, I can't put him. He, he goes on this list, right? It's yeah, Seth, Seth freaking Rollins. I bet you he's not on Derek's list, though. Probably not. Derek doesn't know what good talent is. That's why, though. He's not on my list. I'm sorry, fellas. <laughs> Who is on my list, though? At number, what are we at? Six. Six. Uh, a Mr. Tommaso Ciampa, fellas. 
Whatever we want to say. Oh, if he wasn't hurt right now, I'd have probably thought enough about him to put him on my list too. That's a great pick. I like it. it, it, I like it. Tough between him and Johnny Gargano because they're both just on the same. They're both phenomenal. Such as AJ (laughs) Styles. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> All right. We got to move on. We got to move on. Oh, yeah. We're stopping. We're, we're, we're done. That's all right. JR, you're going to have to edit some of this shit down a little bit, right? We're trying to keep you tight 15 minutes, but we're getting ready to go on the air here for our show. Um, so yeah, you're going to have to do a little bit of work, bud. Sorry. Uh, looking at me for number six, um, I've got The Rock. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Um, Super low on this list in the grand scheme of things. But as far as like my personal opinion and my personal fandom, um, while the rock was absolutely the greatest thing to ever happen to WWE, just from a charisma standpoint, um, there's just a couple guys that I like more than him, you know? So, uh, the rock comes in at number six for me, man. That's, uh, that's tough. Tom move on. Number five, number five. I got Lita. One of the first ever Lita really put over the women's division as somebody was like, she could wrestle. She could be super fucking hot at the same time. She could clearly ruin your life. Uh, And it was all amazing to me. Those are all things that click with me. So uh, Lita at my number five. Gotta love Lita. The succubus. Nice choice. All right, Derek, number five. All right, number five. I'm going to go with Randy Orton. Ooh, I, I really like my Randy Orton. That's matches. a fantastic choice, pal. And that's kind of what got me back into wrestling whenever, uh, you know, I went through my high school years, didn't really watch a whole, whole lot. And then, you know, after I got out and started kicking it around in my own, Randy Orton and John Cena was the big feud. And go back to, to it every single time, time bro. <laughs> you go back to Cena and Orton every single time. Every hope, time you have a take or a comparison, you go back to that fucking. Years. Years. I hope I hope Cena's on your list too. <laughs> it was one or the other. We got to keep it a tight list. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. generation. Yeah. All right, moving on. And, uh, we'll, we'll be number five now. Yeah, you buddy. Uh, number five. Um, I've got Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hannig. Uh, uh, I would I would have assumed he would have been up higher on your list. Um, yeah, but you you understand we're into the nitty gritty of my my top five here. So like, uh, Mr. Perfect, man, what what is there to say? He was absolutely perfect. The, the dude's in ring ability was second to none. Uh, the, his ability to cut promos and make you believe that he was absolutely perfect. Um, Man, for a little fat kid growing up that didn't think that he could he could ever get anything right, Mr. Perfect was my guy. And uh he backed his it up. Vignettes, his vignettes were to this day, I still occasionally watch them and just go, man, he was perfect. He was perfect. <laughs> All right, moving on, Tom. Number four. Number four, I got Triple H. Uh, goes without saying, but uh, Degeneration X. Uh, I actually preferred the Triple H-led version of the stable with Triple H, China, Road Dog, Badass yep. Billy Gunn, and X-Pac to the Triple H and Shawn Michaels with China version uh, because I thought Triple H was that much stronger of a leader, and I think that he is. No, I don't be- know that it was that as much as it was. Shawn was just so fucking over the top, doped out of his mind that he didn't give a shit about who he offended or what he did wrong. And maybe that's why I saw Triple H as the stronger leader because he was not high. 
uh, and you know, uh, to, but to this day, I still regard the man as as, as sort of an idol uh, of mine, uh, kind of a a guy to a, a man to look up to. Uh, and as as I've learned, uh, becoming an adult, because at first, obviously, he was a degenerate, uh, and that's I looked up to that. But now, as a <laughs> Uh, somebody who who got, has, knows his shit and gets it together. Uh, I, I look up to the man. So Triple H at number four for me. Good, good call. Good call, Derek. Oh, number nice, four. Nice. Well, here's where I'm going to start taking shit. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris. Uh, number four, I got Nick Gage. Nobody yeah, uses yeah. a pizza cutter like Nick Gage. It is about to be Nick Gage, ain't it? No, 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 no. Chris Jericho. It's not bad. Oh, that's not but, bad. That's not bad. Why would you say? Why would you say you're because the, the next few have a theme of of the same generation of, of talent. So, I, I, oh, for God's sake, Jericho's but, great. Yeah, Jericho. Yes, he's been around for years. Keeps reinventing himself. Who is better at reinventing himself and gets over with everything once he finally hit his stride? Once he got over the come on, babies, he figured it out. Oh yeah. Um, oh here yeah. We are, here we are today, still entertaining. Coming in at number four for me, and Tom, now you'll you'll understand why Mr. Perfect has fallen to the fifth spot. Uh, number four is HPK, Shawn Michaels. Uh, there is not a better pure in-ring talent than Shawn Michaels. His, his, he had to be pure because he was he was high out of his mind. He was, well, it's because he was it had a fucking to be, asshole. Had to be, had, to be na- had to be natural talent. It couldn't be because he, he was, he was hitting so, up going, man, that would have fucking hurt. Nothing better than watching HBK perform, though. Uh, even like when he came back after the the four years off, you know, and and just everything. I mean, I finagled him on to our Mount Rushmore because you guys wrote Shawn Michaels off. And I wrote him on off my there. list. He's not on my list. Now he's on. There. <laughs> so that's uh, number four for me, HBK. Tom, what you got? We're in the number top three. three. Number three, I got The Rock. Uh, I don't know to this day. I don't know to this day. I've heard somebody cut a better promo. I still go back and listen to rock promos and just laugh my ass off. The man was hilarious. It was he was so funny. My father and I would sit there just laughing our asses off at the rock promos. And to this day, I still send my dad rock promos, and he laughs his ass off, and we let we let just laugh about him. Uh, the, I can't the, wait the, rock, the promo he's going to cut for WrestleMania when that oh, was so up. funny. But and the other thing about it was that he not only that, but he could back it up in the ring. The man was a, the man's a phenomenal athlete. Like look back at a, you can watch a rock match right now at this day and age with everybody being. It holds up where they are athletically and everything. Everything the Rock does holds up a hundred percent, if not more, because he the Rock sold better than most of these people do. Absolutely, he was a better talent and a bigger guy. So the Rock, the Rock, number three, easy peasy for me. Derek, number three. So number three, I'm going to go with Mick Foley uh, and all of his many faces over the years. We get all the faces, all three faces. Yeah, it kind of just goes like that. You know, that's fine. It's the same human body. So So you're working the system like that. Well, yeah, Uh, somebody got to do it. He took three. He took three wrestlers with a bump. So that's that's fair. Well, or if you you include his Mick Foley. That's true. That's true. I mean, you guys can't lie. We have seen this man's soul leave his body multiple times so i'm pretty sure he's the only person i've seen he's die like three or four times. i've seen him die three or four times and- yeah yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, coming in at number three for me is none other than the king of the Attitude Era, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, who did not love Stone Cold? Just simply from the fact that, like, when that glass broke, you knew all hell was about to break loose and somebody was going to get their ass whipped, right? Like, you knew that was a thing. And We, uh, need, we sort of need an anti-authority figure today. Yeah. Uh, in the vein of Stone Cold, I think I really think that's what we're missing uh, in this current day. I think day they've day. tried to tried to put that that on Kevin Owens a little bit, and like it's there, but well, it's just it's it's not. But all right, so what we got? We got top two, Tom. Ooh, number two, number two, only because he really is the greatest of all time with his just the longevity and every. It's Ric Flair. I mean, woo, woo. Regardless of Kurt, regardless of current. You know, high out of his mind, taking way too many chair shots to the head. Uh, you know, he, he's a crazy man now. But um, Ric Flair, I mean, just to watch Ric Flair in his prime and then his but his prime sort of lasted from like 1970 through 19 or through like 2008 ish. He's still the most recognizable name in all yeah. professional wrestling. Uh, it's it, he's it's it, his legacy is undeniable. You think pro wrestling, you think Ric Flair. And I would, you would be hard pressed to go back and not enjoy four dozen Ric Flair feuds uh, as a wrestling fan. It, it's, it's just that good. And there's That's just fair. that much of it. That's fair. Derek, number two, number two. Um, well, going to go with the rock on this one. So as of course, Tom already put him over because he's the man. Yeah. Uh, so did I, but but I'm glad you're yeah, paying attention the rock is, to that. The rocks where it's at. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I yeah, clearly, clearly. All right, my number two, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Brett to Hitman Hart. Um, despite getting his, his his block knocked off in WCW by fucking Bill Goldberg, um, <laughs> still being bitter about it fucking thirty years later, bastard. <laughs> oh shit. Um, my, I mean, my man was who he was, and. Uh, and hard like pressed to Brett. find anybody better in in between in between those ropes than Brett fucking Hart. I'm gonna be really sad if my number one didn't make any y'all's list. Uh, number one, I, have at it. Oh yeah, Macho Man. Uh, how, how did the, how was he not the guy that got you into pro wrestling? Like my father used to tape, yes, videotape, like with a VCR, segments of the Macho Man on either the wrestling show that I was on too late for me to stay up and watch, or when he would be on our on Arsenio Hall or whatever else, because he was the. To this day, I've never heard anybody cut a promo like the Macho Man. Phenomenal in the ring, phenomenal on the mic. Macho Man, number one forever, number one in my heart. Derek, number one. All right, number one, going Stone Cold Steve Austin. No shocker here. No. Beer swelling, ass kicking. You know, he loves it. Hated it ever. Well, that's you. That, and thank, I mean, that's your, that's that's your dad connection. For taking all those stutters. Exactly. Yeah, that, that was my big thing of getting into it. Yep. Was, that's your dad connection. With, 
Stone Cold there around 97, 96. And watch backwards over the years. But yeah, well. And this number one should come to no surprise. It's none other than the rated R superstar Edge. Um, Listen, we all know Edge, uh, just everything about his career to me has just been phenomenal, right? Like, got a little rocky start and he wasn't like, what the fuck? But when he hit his stride, when he hit his stride, he's definitely become something special. And uh, I've enjoyed watching him through the years and I will continue to enjoy watching him until he calls it quits. Hey, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, This is Walt with uh, Tom and Derek, One Fall Wrestlecast. And as always, thanks for hanging out. It's all love. We'll catch you next week on Fall Wrestlecast. Woo! To the great man JR for this opportunity. This is Dewan J, captain of the Cool Kids and host of the Grown Man Logic Podcast. Here are the top 10 wrestlers of all time. And here's why. Number 10, Hulk Hogan. It's undeniable the crossover factor that Hogan had on mainstream media from the movies to the new marketing. Hogan had it all. Number nine, Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow revolutionized the role of the big man in professional wrestling and allowed people like Mabel, Vader, Hugh Morris, and people like that to have thriving careers. Number eight, Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons is for the culture. The first African-American champion, NWA and WCW. And then went on to have a thriving career in the WWE. Number seven, The Undertaker. There's no better representation of character and modern day presentation and a sign of people who evolve with the times than The Undertaker. Number six, The Rock. The Rock revolutionized the promo game, the trash talking game, the flashy game. Nobody had better one-liners than The Rock. Number five, Bret Hart. Arguably the best technical wrestler of all time. He was truly the excellence of execution. And the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Number four, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold single-handedly saved the WWE. He was the biggest draw in WWE history and most certainly of the modern era. Number three, Rey Mysterio Jr. Responsible for the crossover at the cruiserweight division and a current luchador style that is being wrestled. Um, no bigger impact on that and no bigger thriving in that than Rey Mysterio Jr. Number two, Ric Flair. I mean, Come on, it's Ric Flair. Ric Flair had to go in as number two because he made it cool to be bad when he ushered in the horsemen, the promo game, the trash talk game. He made it cool to be fly. And number one, best overall packaging, etc. The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. When it came to timing, selling, charisma, character development, made it cool to be a rock star and made everybody he stepped in the ring look 100 times better 
has to go to the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. List is not up for debate, but I'm willing to. It's your boy, Captain of the Cool Kids, Dewan J, and that is the top 10 wrestlers of all time. This is, you know, that one guy from the Uncomfortable Conversation podcast and Grown Man Logic podcast, giving the West Virginia Uncommonplace my top 10 wrestlers. Number 10, Goldberg. Number nine, Kurt Angle. Number eight, Hulk Hogan. Number seven, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, also known as Triple H. Number six, The Undertaker. Number five, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Number four, The Rock. Number three, Mick Foley, also known as Mankind. Number two, the heartbreak kid himself, Shawn Michaels. And number one, The Ultimate Warrior. Hey, this is Ringo from We Need to Talk 23. And here are my top 10 wrestlers. Um, I have Stone Cold and The Rock. Yeah, I know it's two separate people, but they together saved the WWE. Uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, The Undertaker, Razor Ramon, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, The Ultimate Warrior, The Macho Man, uh, Macho Man Goldberg, Demolition, and Sting. What's up, everyone? This is Unhinged Absurdity here. My name is Jared. We got Jeff over here. Hey, guys. So shout out to JR from West Virginia Uncommonplace for asking us to do our top 10 wrestler list. So the way we're going to do it is we're going to just say each other's respective rankings. Yep. And then we're going to go back and forth about it and see what goes on. Yep. I would like to give an honorable mention to Cody Rhodes with one titty. Got Uh, a five-star match. Literally the most like newsworthy thing the wrestling's done in fucking years. Yep. And honestly, you know, but that kind of gives away my number 10. My number 10 is Cody Rhodes. There's no AEW without him. And also, he solved racism with one promo. That's true. He brought liberty to America. (laughs) (laughs) And what's better than that? I, I don't understand how he turned a very, very basic feud into trying to solve racism. And the guy was a black guy that was from the UK. I'm just saying, name a more iconic promo in the last 15 years. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. That's the only (laughs) one that, that's the one that comes to my brain every single time I think of wrestling promos in the last three years. Exactly. Beautiful. So who's your number, uh, number 10? My number 10 is Kevin Owens. Number 10, Kevin Owens, number one at the buffet line. Number one at the buffet line. Uh, like number six in your heart, number 10 in mine. Number three on the leaderboard at the board at the Golden Golf <laughs> machine at his local bar. Yeah, he looks like the kind of guy that when he retires from wrestling, he's going to be sitting at a TGI Friday's bar bragging about when he was a wrestler. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's good. Well, I would say he's a little bit fancier because right now I can tell you as someone who grows up in Northern Kentucky, that's Chris Harris level. <laughs> that's what Chris Harris does right now. Okay. Well, well okay. Chris, no, Chris Harris goes to a bar and does it. He's going to go to a TGI Friday's and eat wings. Okay. He won't drink. He'll drink. No, he's going to drink an excessive amount of Dr. Pepper. Okay. Okay. So he's not going to get plastered and then get. No, no. He's just going to eat wings and drink pop and tell everybody how great it was being a wrestler. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of alcoholics, I have Chris Jericho at number nine. Okay. But if we were ranking the number one, like most likely to storm the Capitol wrestlers, I would put him at number one. Chris Jericho is at number one. Yeah. Also because he could be a closeted gay. He's not a. 
maybe a little bit too much of the bubby bubbly he might get a little gay but i don't know i also this chris jericho does not include the juggalo gimmick that he does in new japan or whatever the fuck it is <laughs> i thought it was mcr oh what? i thought it was like slip my wrist and black my eyes type gimmick. no I, it was straight up fucking down the cloud <laughs> that's, that's what that makeup says well my number nine is brock lesnar that's a good number nine you tell you can tell that guy that man used to love Vicodin and love vodka and now all he loves is killing fucking animals the motherfucker moved to canada <laughs> oh yeah dude that motherfucker could choke a moose out with his fucking tip yeah he is he's literally the, the next evolution of our species when oh, yeah. we're dead everybody's gonna be fucking brock lesnar oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> wait fucking because they want to or he's because he wants because he wants to <laughs> okay fair enough which is it's ironic because i have brock lesnar at number eight so okay. we're actually pretty close there. I think that's the only thing we're close on. <laughs> yeah, our list we uh, yeah our list definitely went, took us some little side. Yeah, things. we put, we ranked it on a bunch of different things. I put like based it on like influence and like top ten all time of like biggest draws, biggest influence. And the only reason Cody's on here is because this number two company was built because of him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if this was last year, Cody wouldn't be on there because you fucking hated him. Well, I did fucking hate him. I do love his wife, though. Or do you bitches think it's open mic night? Oh, my God. I hate that. No, no. Okay, so number eight for me is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. He okay. took his ball and went home. That's true. Same here. He also hit his wife. But okay, we're not counting crimes in here. Otherwise, that my like most of my top ten list would not be on here. The motherfucker has flaws. <laughs> yeah, hit <laughs> Deborah. What? Oh my god. Yeah, anyway. Drink one beer. <laughs> but he. But no, But nowadays, like, I'm glad to say I saw his last match as an adult. But. Uh, I'm glad he didn't take his shirt off because I bet he looked like a melted block of cream cheese. Couldn't be worse than Ric Flair. Ric Flair wore a shirt in his last match. Uh, that's true. That's true. And he and he dehydrated himself twice because he drank six beers before it. God fucking damn it. Of course he did. He unplugged this. Okay. Okay. He unplugged his pacemaker for this. Uh, God. Uh, number seven for me is uh, Shawn Michaels. And I am talking like Playgirl era Shawn Michaels, the type that'll do a line of coke before a match and then go fit, take a fucking photo shoot to show his piece in a magazine for 50 bucks. Shawn Michaels is on my list, but that is later on. Um, but I agree. It's it's the 1997 Shawn Michaels. It was prick Shawn Michaels. It was before you found God. Yeah, no, it's the one that everyone just fucking hated. <laughs> That's the one. Um, my number seven is Bobby Lashley. Interesting. Bobby Lashley, because that, like, I see, the first time I ever saw, I was 10 years old when he came out, when he debuted for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I thought... This I want to be friends with this guy because he looks like he can rip the head off of anybody who walks to the room. Dude, I remember watching him fuck up Umaga as a kid, and that made me so happy. Yeah, yeah, like that motherfucker. When he he leaped through a cage, off like through the cage, and he took the cage wall down onto Umaga. I almost shit my pants at, right. at eleven years old. Like, what the fuck is going on? That's a good choice. Number six is Undertaker for me. The only undead person on here. 
ironic. <laughs> also, he would probably be number two of people to fucking storm the Capitol if, if I was basing it that way. Right, right, right. Well, to go in a completely different direction, my number six is Brian Danielson. Oh, he would be the first one at an Antifa rally. He would be the first one at an Antifa rally, and uh, he look, he definitely, you can tell he's definitely a vegan because he has no fucking depth to him whatsoever. <laughs> no, no, he... Dude, honestly, it's kind of impressive, though, because he is fucking stacked for a fucking vegan. He has bigger tits than his wife. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, speaking of tits, and we just talked about him, I have Ric Flair, uh, number five. Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm talking about Ric Flair with his dick in his pants. I do not want his meat out on an You airplane. do not want him helicoptering his penis to a stewardess. Yeah, so uh, for, I think that might have been the first one on my list that was a convicted felon at any point in his life, or should have been, I should say. Well, I Another weird direction for me at my number five is CM Punk um, for a man who let bitterness control his entire life. Um, that made him look like he does drugs with the irony of being straight edge. Yeah, no, you would think someone who is straight edge would have fucking aged gracefully. But honestly, he looks like Ric Flair right. now. Okay. And that's with like yeah. 50 years of doing drugs and drinking. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> His is just bitterness. Yeah. Number four is John Cena. The only man on this list I'd probably let make love to me because I feel like I feel like nice. he would be phenomenal. I feel like he would. I feel like he would like bring you a dessert afterwards. Oh, dude, he would. He would lay you down, and be like Jeffrey. I do. I would like to ask for your consent to engage in sexual intercourse, and you will definitely say yes. And then he's like, "Okay, I'm going to go land now," and then start eating you out for half an hour. <laughs> I prepared a cream belay for after coitus. Oh man, we keep going in very weird directions here. My number four is Rob Van Dam. That pot smoking hippie fucking high flyer. Dude, he looks I I, I say this, he would be number one on my list if he was if we were ranking wrestlers, I'm most likely to be the the racist, mildly racist stoner uncle at the barbecue. It makes sense. It makes sense. I can see I can see what you're saying. But he also, I have, I just watched this documentary. Yeah. And I there, I didn't know half the shit about him that I did now. Huh. And he was always my favorite as a kid. He was my favorite as a kid, favorite in the video game. So I had, a, a, dude, Rob Van Dam was up there for me. Fair, fair. Um, how much Sublime do you think Rob Van Dam listens to? Dude, he probably, he probably been backstage at at least 15 Sublime concerts. <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, number three for me is The Rock. <laughs> And that's before he made shitty tequila. <laughs> Wait, I, I, I've never had a tequila. It's not very so, good. Okay, okay. It's, it's not very good. Now, uh, the, the Rock is, that makes sense because The Rock is literally the biggest box office draw in the world now. And wrestling is where it got him at. Yep, yep. But I would not say he was man, my... those fucking, those Dude. fucking mommy milkers. I, I just want to suck on them for like five minutes. <laughs> but you know they're probably like hard. It feels like you're fucking chewing on a boulder. <laughs> you break your goddamn teeth. <laughs> goddamn. Um, my number three is Chris Jericho. We went over that before. Uh, David Bowie of wrestling. Closeted homosexual, possibly. <laughs> Closeted homosexual, possibly. Definite alcoholic. <laughs> loves vodka more than he loves his kids. Yes. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Trump and vodka is two favorite things. <laughs> uh, speaking of people whose alcohol and Trump are their favorite things, uh, it's Hulk Hogan. It's my number two. But bold, bold man, not afraid to say what he wants. And <laughs> single-handedly took down a website. <laughs> he hit Cocker with the leg drop, over right? <laughs> 
these honestly, like if I had to rank my favorite wrestlers, most of these people would not be on here because right. like they're all pieces of shit. And I hate them. <laughs> That's ironic because my list is actually who I think my top ten my the top 10 wrestlers are in my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I kind of just went with an objective list. Um, my number two is the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Went over before. 1997, Shawn. I started watching him when he found Jesus and was a fan. Yeah. But when I got older and I was able to watch him as a younger, as a, as a young adult, Prick Shawn Michaels, best fucking wrestler. All right, we need to bring someone get Shawn Michaels a bump of coke. We need to bring him back. <laughs> we need to bring him back to his prime. <laughs> He's like, he gets all fucking fucked up again. Say, want to see my play, girl? <laughs> that poor fucking title. Bret Hart probably like, pissed that he had to hold that up. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, I think I'd rather hold a pay or a page women's championship up at, rather than that. So uh, we discussed this one earlier. My number one was Stone Cold. Biggest draw in wrestling history. Right, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, People still dress like him. And honestly, I can't tell if it's a cancer patient or someone dressed like Stone Cold half the time. And most of the time nowadays, it's a cancer patient. But someone, sometimes someone tricks me. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm so sorry for your diagnosis. And they're like, what? <laughs> um, again, we're going back to completely different route. My number one, AJ Styles. Best haircut on the list. Best haircut on the list. Super, you can definitely tell that the only thing he got from his father was his racism. His bigotry is definitely off the chain. Didn't he get caught online saying stuff about, like, fucking gay community? Yeah, yeah, he was a gay community. (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) Uh, Number one in our heart, just keep your... Views off Twitter. Yeah, just keep your views off Twitter. Number one in my heart in the ring, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks to JR for having us on. Captain Sparrow, this is Mr. Cack of the Mr. Cack and Me podcast, and I am giving you my top 10 wrestlers, uh, my favorites. And I'm going to start the list off by going ahead and just ruining the 10 format. So, my number 10 is Roman Reigns slash Seth Rollins. Uh, if you would have asked me this question two years ago, it would have just probably been Seth Rollins because I didn't really feel Roman's character. Now as the tribal chief, now as the head of the table, the bloodline, I know for some people it's starting to feel stale or whatever. I love him. I think he has matured into one of the best heels, let's just say, of this past decade uh, because you don't want to jump the gun and say anything too soon. Uh, so as I say that, let me move up and continue to name names. Number nine, Undertaker. Now, this probably upsets some wrestling nerds and, I, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, but for me, Undertaker does have a wealth. I mean, honestly, my top ten, I love wrestling. So my top ten's everywhere. Uh, and as long as you're in my top ten, I absolutely love your character and your content. Contribution. But Undertaker, as soon as you hear that gong hit, you have, if you're a wrestling fan, and maybe even some casual fans, just an already pictured moment or just a visual that comes to mind as soon as the lights go out and you hear that gong. Uh, that's iconic. Macho Man. Macho Man is more of a, of, of, a, of a nostalgia when I was younger playing wrestling at the house with siblings or friends or wrestling on the trampoline. Macho Man was a go-to. The, the elbow drop was a super easy thing to mimic. And, and honestly, if we're just being real, uh, Macho Man is probably one of my most overused uh, if I was doing any kind of impression going to Macho Man I've been doing that since I was like 7 so uh, love me some Macho Man number 7 is John Cena 
That's right. Uh, the the hustle, loyalty, and, and respect boy is coming in right there at number seven. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of John. Honestly, if John's character had resonated with me more in a younger point in my life, I probably would have had John higher up. The later stage, more mature, while still being kind of biting on the mic, I've really appreciated late game John Cena a lot. Uh, before he became a full part-timer, but when he was approaching upon that, that was some good John Cena right there. The fact that he took the pin uh, against CM Punk in Chicago for that historic cap off to that rivalry was also great number six Kurt Angle he wrestled with a bro or he uh he won an Olympic gold with a broken freaking neck and I can appreciate that and honestly Kurt Angle was a character that I just really loved he was annoying when he was supposed to be annoying he was goofy and the fact that he embraced the you suck chant that uh, accompanied his uh entrance music made him so endearing to me because like that guy gets it right that guy gets what he's doing he knows he's there uh for entertainment and i can appreciate that number five is goldberg and honestly and a lot of reasons why the undertaker but honest so in the same way that undertaker you hear the gong you get a visual goldberg you you hear the people chanting you see someone knocking you see the state trooper knocking on the door you see him doing the walkout it was just so new of a concept to me when i was a young kid watching wrestling in the 90s that it just it just seemed awe inspiring and while this ranking isn't indicative of how i feel about current goldberg or maybe even the last 10 years goldberg the old Goldberg that I remember, that I played as, you know, the character in video games, the the doing the spear, the the pretending that you're doing your own Goldberg walkout. I mean, that's just a that's a big nostalgia push there. That's why he got booted up as high as he did in my list. Number four is Sting, uh, the icon, and I mean, if you were a wrestling fan, young and impressionable in the '90s, living during the the Raw versus Monday. Monday Night Nitro, Monday Night Wars, Sting and his evolution from Surfer Boy Sting to Black and White The Crow Sting, all of it was great. He didn't talk, yet he was so over with me. Uh, and that translated into, you know, marketing. You wanted to be part of Sting. You want to get Sting merch. Uh, and then in the video games, my favorite video game of any wrestling brand is WCW NWO uh, Revenge for the Nintendo 64. And playing as Sting as that, doing his taunts and stuff like that, and hitting people with a baseball bat that you just kind of pull out of nowhere. Love it. Love it all. Uh, number three, The Rock. And that's just because once he eventually became The Rock, you got a amazing promo machine. And he had what I you know hold dear as a young wrestling fan at the time. And that's memorable moves. The people's elbow, uh, the rock bottom, both of those were easy to emulate as a kid. So yeah, you just kind of fall in love with The Rock. But I mean, his promo cutting skills just got better for me because I kind of grew up with them. So it was like, oh, okay, I, I may have just enjoyed it because it seemed funny and I kind of understood what he's saying. But as I got older, I was like, oh, I definitely understand what he's saying. And it's still pretty funny. Uh, number two is the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is honestly probably 
for the longest time before my number one appeared in the scene was my favorite wrestler. I, I loved everything to do with him. He was cocky. He came out to that dumb song that just gets stuck in your head about being a sexy boy. And then he just kick you in the face. Uh, he threw his tag partner through, through a window in the, uh, in the barber shop. So like just all of these things, he was part of the Montreal screw job. Uh, he's, he's still part of WWE. His, send-off match where, I mean, the build, the build between him and The Undertaker for HBK's eventual retirement, you know, until he came back or whatever, like, that was so good. That moment where he, he you know, he wanted to beat The Undertaker because he was just kind of cocky and just wanted to do it or whatever. He lost. He kind of, you know, went back to DX and everything, and then you see at that uh, Slammy's award presentation, he wins for his match the previous year with Undertaker, and he just kind of gets upset about it, and you could see that it's eating at him, and then he goes on this quest to to want to fight The Undertaker again, and The Undertaker says no. Uh, he goes through a, a whole storyline of finding ways to try to, to either pester the big man into letting him into another match with him or going through like the Royal Rumble or, or any of those other uh, pay-per-views to kind of earn it. And like that was probably one of the storylines that I've loved the most over the years. But my number one is Stone Cold Steve Austin as as a, you know, red blooded American lad that grew up in the 90s. Uh, Stone Cold was the end all be all of wrestling as far as I'm concerned. He was the the attitude that I needed, right? He gave me the notion that, okay, you can just talk crap and drink beer, and then if someone upsets you, you kick them in the gut, and then you uh, break their neck. So I I have loved Stone Cold. I loved his promos. I, I loved the way his character was portrayed. Uh, and honestly, a lot of that has to do with Vince McMahon's character, but still, uh, Stone Cold, if Stone Cold hadn't been so... I guess if he hadn't just felt so connected to the character that he was portraying, this could have been a bad one. But Stone Cold, just something about it always resonated with me. I was always a Stone Cold fan. I was always giving stunners to pretty much anyone that I could anytime wrestling was involved or pillows or, you know, imaginary people. Uh, if I played WWE games, I'd go for him. Honestly, if I played WWC games... W. If I played WCW games, I would make a custom character and I would use DDP's Diamond Cutter just so that way I could have a Stone Cold-like character in the WCW-verse. So, Stone Cold, probably just because I had the Austin 316 stuff, I saw the, I saw the King of the Ring where he won and said that and just... Everything about him was so fascinating to me. Hitting people, and, you know, hitting his boss in the head with a bedpan, uh, throwing titles out into the river, just everything. The, the the beer truck, then getting hosed down with the, you know, just everything. Everything about Stone Cold, I love. So this was my list of 10. Uh, I can't wait to hear this episode and hear what others have to say and just to see how wrong I am in having my own personal 10 slash 11 list. All right, good luck. What's going on, y'all? This is your boy, Matt Static, from the Beats, Rhymes, and Body Slams podcast, and I'm here to give a quick run-through of, in my opinion, my top 10 wrestlers of all time. This was a very difficult list to put together, but I'm doing it here. I'm doing it for Nappy Afro, doing it for the Procast, so let's get right to it. Uh, Some of these will have explanations, some won't, so please forgive me. 
Uh, started at number 10, I'm going to go with The Cleaner, Kenny Omega. Number 9, I'm going to go with Mr. Hustle, Loyalty and Respect himself, John Cena. Number 8, I'm going with the five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion Booker T. Number seven is the most electrifying man in sports entertainment and Roman Reigns' cousin. I'm going with The Rock. Uh, number six for me, uh, well, I guess you could say this is kind of a tie for number five. Um, and these are two men that have uh, really began to solidify my appreciation for light heavyweight, for Lucha Libre wrestling, for the cruiserweight division, so on and so forth. Uh, and they are both Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, the late Eddie Guerrero. Number four uh, is someone who I tie to remembering uh, exactly where I was when this person did that or did this, so on and so forth. This was all about the moments that this man created in the ring, outside of the ring. But every time you saw something from him, it's something that was to be remembered. Uh, definitely as a child scared the living hell out of me. But I'm going to go with at number four, the Phenom, the Lord of Darkness, Big Evil himself, The Undertaker. Number three, I think in time, once much like Ray and Eddie and uh, me appreciating light heavyweights and the and Lucha Libre wrestling, this particular person led me to appreciate technical wrestling more. And number three would have to go to the excellence of execution, Brett, the Hitman Hart. Number two is kind of tying to what Brett did, but he did this on steroids. Metaphorically speaking, I'm not, I'm not tying that to anything. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go with... Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle at number two. And number one, in my opinion, is the greatest all-around performer in sports entertainment, Mr. WrestleMania, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Uh, too many matches that of his I consider to be classics. Uh, once again, it's all about the moments for me. And this man has... So many moments that attribute to my childhood, that attribute to me getting into professional wrestling, that began, you know, furthering my appreciation for what for, for what they actually do inside of the ring when it comes to being able to tell those stories, being able to create those moments for the fans and us watching at home and so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, that is my top 10. Uh, I hope I didn't stutter too much. But if I did, hey, tough. So uh, that's my top 10. I am Matt Static, Beast Rounds and Body Slams. Be sure to catch us every Wednesday, anywhere that you get your podcasts. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at MattStatic414. Catch the podcast on those same platforms at BRBS Podcast. Thank you to Nappy Afro, the broadcast, for having me be, be part of this. And uh, hope I didn't take too long. So now I must bid you adieu. Goodbye. Wah, good night, bang. Ten wrestlers of all time. Um, number ten, Rob Van Dam slash Jeff Jarrett. Rob Van Dam, ECW champion, the only ECW wrestler that truly transitioned over to WWE and stayed very popular and was one of the guys that, you know, 
he beat John Cena pretty clean um, back then when the ECW was being revived and stuff like that. Now one of Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, one of the greatest mid card wrestling champions of all time. Um, reason he's in here and they're tied for number uh, ten is this: Jeff Jarrett had a great impact on the on wrestling as a business and as a wrestler, and directly in that middle card, he did strive and get to a certain level where he was a main eventer in some people's eyes. But on the mid card, he was amazing. Number nine, Chris Canyon. Chris Canyon, the innovator of offense. Uh, this guy right here, he took the WCW power plant and he turned a lot of moves from out of the fireman's carry and, and made a lot of different moves that a lot of wrestlers still use to this day. So big shout out to him for that and his accomplishments on the mid card. Also, um, a recurring theme is, is that the mid card is where I, I like things. Number eight, CM Punk. CM Punk makes a list uh, simply because of this: his quick accolades, uh, his transition in wrestling. These things changed wrestling, and with his moves, the way he wrestled, he took a Ring of Honor wrestling, he merged that indie wrestling to WWE, and was allowed to make it a safe wrestling environment while he was wrestling politically not none of my business CM Punk is who he is we'll just leave it at that number seven Seth Rollins slash Tyler Black once again another one of these ring of honor um guys that used progression and he made his way up the ranks through WWE um wrestling ability is next to none uh if you want to see the full package of next generation, he's the type of guy that you want to definitely look at next. Uh, number six is an, another ties, Mr. Perfect and Rick Rude, uh, both wrestlers mid card and, and Rick Rude on the end of being in WCW was a heavyweight champion. Uh, both guys careers were cut short by injury and uh, very similar deaths, but these two guys for the intercontinental title, if you go back and watch wrestling, they are synonymous with that title and, being the best in the mid card. Number five, Terry Funk. Terry Funk is my Ric Flair. Terry Funk has done it all. I uh, had probably one of his best matches of his career against Ric Flair. Um, Ric Flair is not on my list, but Ric Flair um, is a great wrestler and he enhanced a lot of wrestlers, even though people try to not uh, say that very much about him. Number four, Mike Awesome. Mike Awesome innovated wrestling for the big men uh, doing moonsaults, the third rope powerball. Uh, truly an innovator in America. ECW was very great. WCW and WWE misused him. Uh, God rest his soul. A great guy. Number three, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega makes this list uh, very simple. PWI, everyone has watched him wrestle. Um, in some instances, people will say, well, all sprays a little bit better, but I'm going to put it like this. Kenny Omega puts on a match. He is this generation's definitive wrestler because he can do it all. He can get on the mic and he can wrestle. That's a hard thing to find in wrestling. Number two, Chris Benoit. I know it's controversial to a lot, but think of it like this. Chris, Brown, Chris, I didn't mean Chris Brown. Chris Benoit is a wrestler. He was completely built for wrestling, technically sound. The aggression in his wrestling, the headbutts, everything. If you watched a match of him as Pegasus Kid in Japan or anywhere with Owen Hart, you would be able to tell that he was an amazing wrestler and his technical prowess still holds up today. Number one wrestler of all time for me, Bret Hart. What can I say about Bret Hart? Charismatic. Some people didn't say he was great on the microphone. Some people, uh, even the road dog, just uh, commented earlier that he wasn't a wrestler, but he was a wrestler. So that right there, that's a hard thing and a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. Um, 
Vince McMahon believed him at one time, put the belt on him. WCW did the same thing. Uh, career got cut short by some injuries. But that's my top 10. I'm sticking with it. And I want to thank everybody that's been part of WrestleFest. Uh, just this this huge thing that you always have to take into consideration with wrestling lists. Uh, everybody's top 10 is a very personal thing for them. And these wrestlers moved me. Um, and in my generation, it was video games and wrestling together that kind of moved the way things go. Those Nintendo 64 games are the reason that wrestling got to its heights and its popularity with my generation. So once again, I'm Jared from West Virginia Young Complex, and I'm signing off. Hey, what's going on? Um, this is uh, James Lampkin, host of the podcast Conversation with Lamp. I was asked by my good buddy, J.R. Sparrow, to give my 10 best uh, wrestlers of all time. Um, it's in no particular order, but I'm going to start with Hulk Hogan. Um, I know a lot of people wouldn't agree, but Hulk Hogan was like a huge, was like the biggest megastar before before anything ever popped off. I'm talking about before social media, before anything. Like, even if you didn't watch wrestling, you knew who Hulk Hogan, you knew who Hulk Hogan was, so. Hulk Hogan was get the list started. Next, Shawn Michaels, um, one of the best in-ring workers you'll ever see. Um, heartbreak kid, always had great matches. Um, they say he was a bit of a jerk, but it's not about that. Um, of course, we got the Montreal screw job, but overall, Shawn Michaels, hell of a ring performer, had to make the list. Next, Undertaker. Um um, one of the few wrestlers who was able to stay in character no matter what. Um, great in work, great in ring work, always was safe, never got anyone injured. Um, just the whole aura of the Undertaker, he had to make the list. Next, we got Bret Hart. Um, excellence of execution, um, probably the best in ring worker on the whole list. Um, started out with the great. Hot Foundation tag team ended up branching out on his own and built a hell of a career. Next, Ron Simmons, um, first black heavyweight champ, great in-ring worker. Um, the reason, the biggest reason, like I said, is he made the list because he was uh, first black uh, champ in WCW. I'm not sure overall, but definitely in WCW, he was the first black champ. Uh, next, we got Goldberg. Um, Goldberg, not the best in-ring worker, but um, tremendous talent. Phenom took the wrestling world by storm. Um, what else can you say about him? So, Goldberg next. Next, we got C uh, John Cena. Um, some people question his in-ring work. I think John Cena has really good in-ring work. Um you can't you can't dismiss the value he brought to the WWE. He's now a movie star, was a great megastar, pretty much carried the WWE when when a lot of talent left. So I'm gonna go with him. Next, we got Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. <laughs> Funny thing about Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, never was a heel. Um, great ring and work, had classic matches with Ric Flair, Macho Man, Randy Savage, just a one of the best talents to ever do it in the ring. Next, Sting. Sting was like my all-time favorite. Um, had great matches. 
with Ric Flair, of course, the great Muda, Vader, um, carried the he carried the WCW for a long time. Um, at one point, he was the WCW when they were losing a lot of talent. Reinvented himself with like the Crow character, um, just a great overall talent. <laughs> and actually, this is number one for me. Um, the other ones wasn't in order, but for me, this is actually number one. That would be The Rock. Um, what more can you say about The Rock? Great in-ring work, extremely safe, best at cutting promos, um, to easily headline uh, any any pay-per-view, willing to put people over. Um, everybody, everybody likes him. There's just nothing you can say bad about The Rock. So The Rock actually is number one for me. So those are my top 10 wrestlers of all time. Appreciate you giving me the opportunity to present this, JR. Y'all have a good one. And this concludes West Virginia Commonplace Presents WrestleFest Extended Edition. I want to thank everybody that has helped out with the podcast. Uh, the production behind it has been a little crazy. Uh, waiting on people to bring their uh, content to me to put on the episode. Been a little hectic, but it's been well worth it. Um, make sure you pay attention to the Twitch, the uh, TikTok, and everything else that we got going on with the podcast. Once again, this is JRM out.